Okay, good morning. Today's daf, Shavuot Top. Today's daf is daf Lamed Aleph. Um, yeah, so the last, yesterday's daf, Shabbos' daf, and today's daf has been discussing the halachas of Tishabav. I think we'll continue. And since uh, fr- uh, tomorrow's daf is so short, we're not going to do the whole daf today. And I'm actually going to start a little bit back on uh, daf Chof Tes Amud Beis 29b. Um, from the second wide line, Omarav. Um, I think, yeah, this is a new point. This is, or, yeah, it, it is built on the previous point, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new point. And what the Gemara is discussing is the Isur to um, wear freshly laundered, uh, to do laundry. And as it said higher up on the page, to wear freshly laundered clothes on uh, for, for the week or, or around Tisha B'Av. That's primarily the discussion that we're going into. Um, so, yeah, again, just uh, Mervyn, for, we're going to go from the second wide line on Chof Tesamud Beis 29b. Um, yeah, so Omar Av Loishonu Elelefonov. This that you're not, this that we said, you're not allowed to, again, it says do laundry, but as I just said, it means also wear fresh clothes. Um, um, so Omar Av Loishonu Elelefonov. You know, this is specifically in the week of Tisha B'Av, but before Tisha B'Av. But after Tisha B'Av, Mutar, you're allowed to wear fresh clothes. Shmuel says, no, even to wear fresh, to wear, to, sorry, even to do laundry. That's what to do laundry is also forbidden. Um, so what's the Machlokes? Let's say Tisha B'Av is on a Monday. Can you do laundry on a Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday? That's the that's the machlok as Rav and Shmuel. So Meisivay they challenged it. Shabbos shechol Tisha B'av liyos besoicho. The Shabbos, the week which Tisha B'av falls in, also lesaper ulekabes. You're not allowed to have a haircut or do laundry. Uvechamishi mutarim nei kavod Shabbos. But on Thursday it's permitted because of kavod Shabbos. Kaitzad, so just how does this work? Says Cholios beechod b'Shabbos if Tisha B'av falls out on Sunday, mutar lechabes kol Shabbos kula you can wash your clothes the whole week. B'Sheni b'Shlishi b'Reviu v'Chamishi if Tisha B'av falls out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, the fun of Asur, the day be before Tisha B'av would be Asur. La'achrov mutar, but after it would be mutar. Again, this is the point why we bringing this because it says mutar that is very much like Rav which will, will which this means that this is a challenge on Shmuel but let's just finish the prices so again remember why we bring this pricer is to discuss this the, the issue of laundry is it only bef- the obviously it's limited to the week of Tishabav but is it only before Tishabav or even um, after Tishabav so this price says very clearly of Mutar, after Tisha B'Av, you're allowed to do laundry. So it's Chalioi's Be'erev Shabbos. What happens if Tisha B'Av falls out on Erev Shabbos? Mutar Lechabes Be'chamishim, Ibnei Kovat Shabbos. You're allowed to do laundry on Thursday because of Kovat Shabbos. V'im loy Kovat Be'chamishim, Be'chamishim Be'chabes. If you did not do your laundry on the th- on the on Thursday, Mutar Lechabes Be'erev Shabbos, Minamin Cholamala, you can do your laundry on Shabbos itself. Oh, sorry, on Erev Shabbos from Mincha onwards. So again, if Tisha B'Av fell out on Friday, 
So granted, there's generally a, you're not allowed to do laundry in the week before Tisha B'Av. On this week, you're allowed to be, do it on the Thursday, which is Erev Tisha B'Av. Um, and he says, not only that, if you didn't do your laundry on Thursday, you could actually even do it on Tisha B'Av itself on Friday. It says, Laya Tola, now we just uh, pop an interesting point. Laya Tola Abaya v'itamer of Achabar Yaakov Aha. Abaya cursed anyone who would rely on the, uh, yeah, Abaya or some type of Rav Achabar Yaakov would curse someone who did this practice. I, someone who washed their clothes on Friday, they would curse them. Um, let's just finish and we'll come back to Abaya. Now we're just, just discussing laning on Tisha B'Av. If it fell out to be on Monday or Thursday, you read lane three aliyahs and the maftir as one, but one of those three aliyahs. So, so if a Tisha B'Av falls out on a Monday or Thursday, the days that you would normally do laning, then you cannot do the same laning. You just add a haftorah. So you do Rishon, Shani, Shlishi, and Shlishi is the maftir and you add a haftorah. That's when it lands out. It says, what happens if it lands out um, on Tuesday or Wednesday or another day that's not a normal day of laning? So like Sunday is also. It says, you call, you have one aliyah and he also does the maftir of Torah. So, Rabbi Yossi says, no, you always call, do three aliyahs and the maftir is one of those aliyahs. So, and then just to end off this price before we discuss these points, Tufta de Shmuel. This is a rejection of Shmuel. As again, remember, we started off, this price has had quite a lot in it and it's worthy and we will discuss it in its own right. But the main reason we introduced this price was the question of, we know you're not allowed to do laundry in the week of Tisha B'Av. Does that mean the whole week, even after Tisha B'Av? Or does it, or up to Tisha B'Av? And this Bryce says very clearly, of Mutar, you can do laundry after Tisha B'Av, which is a challenge on which rejects Shmuel. Okay, we'll come back to answer that question, but just um, two points to discuss. So just regarding laning, Mervyn, you asked me yesterday, uh, well, well, Friday, but here we'll just add to the discussion. Um, so he says, Umaftir. Umaftir, he says, May Oison Shloisha Achron. Of those three aliyahs, the last one is maftir. And on a weekday, we don't add more than three aliyahs. And on Rosh Chodesh, we don't add more than four aliyahs. Again, so you can't have three aliyahs plus maftir and aftara on a weekday. Or on Rosh Chodesh, you can't have four aliyahs plus maftir and aftara if you're doing it. You have to just have... Three or four. We only allow to add aliyahs on Shabbos and Yom Tov. As we will explain in Megillah on Dav Chof Aleph. So when we get to that, the very next Masechta, in, a, in, about a, in about a month, you'll have answers to all your questions regarding the aliyahs. Um, 
Yeah, now just back to Abaya. Very interesting. So what's Abaya? The Bryce mentioned that if Tisha B'Av falls out on a Friday, you can do laundry on a Thursday so that you have fresh, you have nice clothes for Shabbos. However, if you did not do your laundry on Thursday, you can still do your laundry on Shabbos, on Friday, which is Tisha B'Av, so that you have fresh clothes on Shabbos. Abaya comes along and he says that that anyone who does that practice is cursed. So the starting question is, wait, Abaya comes and he curses someone who does that? Um, but the Gomorrah just said it's fine. If you didn't do your washing on Thursday, you can do it on actual Tisha B'Av on Friday, as long as it's in the afternoon. So why would Abaya say that's cursed? And then a second interesting question is, Abaya's come along and says it's uh, cursed, um, where was Tosfos? Uh, sorry, Tosfos on the top of the next page just um, says, but um, says that yeah, if Tisha B'Av falls out on Thursday, you're allowed to do your washing then, because you shouldn't leave your washing till Friday. So that's again very difficult because here Abaya says you cursed if you do your, t- your washing on Tisha B'Av. And there Tosso seems to go against Abaya that you should. So, um, so we have this contradiction that firstly Abaya seems to be going against the Bryce, which says you can. Secondly, Tosso seems to go against Abaya, which also doesn't make sense. So the one commentary in the back, I've got his name, says as follows. He says, no, what Abaya is saying is we're talking about someone negligent here. He could have done his washing on a Thursday, which was Erev Tisha B'Av. Instead, he left it to Friday. That's the negligence we're talking about, and that's where there's, Abayah says he's cursed. Because he should have had a little bit of Seichel, and not left it for the last minute. Seems it's also intrinsically, it's, you shouldn't be doing your washing on Friday, because you, there's so much to do for Shabbos, so to leave uh, washing, to remember, I mean, they don't have washing machines, but maybe even with washing, it's a mission. So you don't leave it for Friday. You do it on Thursday. And especially when Friday is Tisha B'Av. So that's what Sabai is cursing. Not someone who... He says, yes, you are allowed to, but still... Um, and you must do your washing. But uh, Bayer says you're very irresponsible. And that's why he offers the curse. So that's something uh, to think. Um, that's uh, just an interesting point. Even where you would be allowed to do your washing, it might not be the most opportune time to do it. And you should actually have done it. You should have done it the day before. And that's why a buyer issues the curse. Okay. So that's um, so where we're holding that we ask the question, can you do washing after Tisha B'Av in that week? And we just brought a price which says you can, which we said is a tooth to the Shmuel. So Amr Shmuel, Shmuel will say to you, Tanaihi, it's actually a machloikis tanoim. The Tanya, as we learned in the price, Tishabav Shecholios Beshabas, Vachain Erev Tishabav Shecholios Beshabas. If Tishabav itself fell out on Shabbos, or Erev Tishabav fell out on Shabbos, you can eat and drink as much as you want. And you can have a meal, even like Suda Shlomo in his time used to have. Just interesting. What was that? Shlomo used to have a huge, huge feast. And on Shabbos, that is Tisha B'Av. Or Shabbos, that is Erev Tisha B'Av. Again, as we'll see later in the dark, but we saw in the Mishnah, we're limited to what we eat on, on Erev Tisha B'Av at the Sunum of Sekes. One, one cooked food, etc. So he says, no, but 
If it's Shabbos, then you can eat a huge su'uda. Um, also, interesting language. I feel like a meal of Shlomo in his time. What do you mean? Just say like a meal of Shmuel. What do you mean Shmuel? A meal like Shlomo. What does it mean in his time? So Rashi points out there's a machloikes in, um, where was it? In, uh, in Gittin, that Shlomo actually ended up having a fight with the demon Ashmedai and he got banished from his kingdom. And for many, many years he lived as a pauper. Some opinions say actually for the rest of his life he lived as a pauper when he was banished by Ashmedai the demon. So that's what he's saying. In his time when he was uh, having good luck and he was wealthy and successful, that's when we're talking about, but you could have a meal. It says, Rabbi Meir says you're not allowed to shave or wash your clothes from Rosh Chodesh. Until the fast, what we call the nine days. Rabbi Yehuda Aimer Kola Chodesh Kula Asur. It says not just from Rosh Chodesh onwards, till, not from Rosh Chodesh to Tisha B'Av, but the whole month. Rabbi Shimon Gamil Omer Eino Asur Ela Oiso Shabbos Bilvad. Rabbi Shimon Gamil says no, only the week of Tisha B'Av. But what do we see according to Rabbi, um, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbon Gamil, the Isur that apply before Tisha B'Av? Extend to after Tisha B'Av. According to um, Rebbe Meir, till, sorry, according to Rebbe Meir, they end at the fast, but according to Rebbe Yehuda, they continue for the whole month. Um, so that, and Rebbe Sh- Ramon Gamliel, Rebbe Shimon Gamliel says the whole week, the, the whole week, but that's what Rebbe Shmuel says, the whole week is also not just before. But Tanya Edith, there's another price on this topic. Rebbe Meir says the morning is from Rosh Chodesh until the fast. Rebbe Yehuda Aymer, Kola Chodesh Kula Asur. Rebbe Yehuda says the whole month of Av is Asur. And Rebbe Shimon Gamliel, Aymer, Eino Asur, Elo Oysu Shabbos Bilvad. And Rebbe Shimon Gamliel says that you're only forbidden, these things of morning are only forbidden on that week. And so we have three opinions. Again, when do we start the morning? So this is just to bear in mind, we'll, we'll, let's, we'll clarify the halacha over the page. We'll see what the Gemara says, but we're discussing. Let's all let's focus on actually with these three opinions. So the one says you start on Rosh Chodesh Av and it continues until Tisha B'Av, what we would call the nine days. The other opinion says, wait, you've got to take into mind when does the morning? We know as we saw earlier in the Mishnah, Mishanichnas Av When Av comes, we diminish our joy. So how long do we how long do we treat Av as a sad month for? So according to the one opinion, well, it ends at Tisha B'Av. According to the other opinion, no, it's the week, it ends at the end of the week of Tisha B'Av. And according to the other opinion, no, this morning, the sadness carries throughout the month of Av. The whole month of Av is sad. But now, what's the halacha? They actually all learn it out from the same pasuk. As it's written, I will cause all joy to cease. The festival, the month, and the week. Chaga here would be referring to Rosh Chodesh. The one who says that the joy ceases, I, these laws of mourning apply from Rosh Chodesh to the fast. Mechaga learns it out from the Pasuk. I mechaga. The mourning is from the. is just from. Uh, from Rosh Chodesh. I we find um yeah that's what Chag here is referring to Rosh Chodesh. 
Um, no wonder he says it's the whole month because the Pasuk says Kadosha for the month. No wonder he says the whole week also Mishabasa. Kula Asur, Mishabasa learned out from Shabbos. They all learn from that same Pasuk. When does the restriction, when do we diminish, stop this joy that we don't wash or shave? When do we apply that in Av? Now, Omar Rav, Alokha Kerebishim and Gamliel, Omar Rav, Alokha Kerebimeyer. Rav says that Alokha is like Rebishim and Gamliel, and he also says that Alokha is like Rebimeyer. What did Rebimeyer hold? Rebimeyer held from Rosh Chodesh until Tisha B'Av, and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel held just the week of Tisha B'Av. So how can he say that Allah is like both of them? We treat both, we go according to both opinions, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbi Meir, leniently. We need both of them. If we would have, if he would have said that Allah is like Rabbi Meir, would have thought it's Asul to shave and do laundry, etc. from Rosh Chodesh Av. Therefore, he tells us that Allah is like Rabbi Shimon Gamil, and that it only starts the week of Tisha B'Av. And if he would have said that Allah is like Rabbi Shimon Gamil, Rabbi Shimon Gamil says the whole week that Tisha B'Av falls out in, so we would have extended it to, um, to the to the rest of the week afterwards. We learn like Rabbi Meir that the morning ends at. So according to the Gemara, when is this morning that we don't shave or shower, as we'll see, um, I don't remember if it's coming up or two days, we don't bathe, bath or shower, when is that? That is, strictly speaking, the week of Tisha B'Av up to Tisha B'Av. Now wait, now you're going to ask me, but wait, don't we stop having weddings and don't shave from Yud Zayin B'Tamuz, the 17th of Tammuz? And also, don't we go strict and we don't do laundry and even add on the stringencies from the 9th of Av? From Rosh Chodesh Av. Okay, and that's the three weeks and then the nine days. So that, um, that if you look in the poskim, is very clear as a minag that the Ashkenazim accepted upon themselves, these stringencies. Really, as we've seen from here, the stringencies of not washing clothes and not um, etc. only apply in the week of Tisha B'Av up until Tisha B'Av. This that they brought earlier is the stringencies that Ashkenazim have accepted upon themselves. I'm not going to read through the Seifim in Shulchan Aruch, but if you read the ones from this time, they are very clearly um, to do with that. Um, they, they very clearly, Minhakim, that Ashkenazim have accepted upon themselves to go stricter. So when there are reasons to go lenient, obviously um, it would be taken into account that according to the strict letter of the Gemara, only the actual week of Tisha B'Av, up until Tisha B'Av, do these stringencies apply. Again, there were stringencies that applied from Rosh Chodesh Av, but the stricter this of not doing laundry, etc., is specific to the week of Tisha B'Av, Medina de Gomorrah. Um, yeah. And just one interesting point, also, but more from yesterday's stuff, is that also we extend our morning into the 10th, the day after Tisha B'Av, because as we said in yesterday's daf, the burning of the Beis Amikdash, it was only started on Tisha B'Av, actually, the evening of Tisha B'Av, um, well, yeah, towards the end of the, the afternoon of Tisha B'Av, um, but the bulk, I don't know what the bulk, the majority of the Beis Amikdash was actually burnt on the 10th, and that's why we keep many of them, some of the morning practices all the way till the afternoon following Tisha B'Av, till the Asara B'Av. 
Okay, let's carry on. Erev Tisha B'Av, Lo Yechel Aram Beis Tavshilim. We learned in the Mishnah that on Erev Tisha B'Av, a person is not allowed to eat two cooked foods. And this, as we'll see, is more... Is not speaking about the whole of Erev Tisha B'Av, but the Surah Mavsekes, but we'll clarify that in the coming Gemara. This that you're only allowed to eat one cooked dish is from from midday onwards. But from before six hours, I in the morning, you can eat as many cooked foods as you want. Rav Yehuda says, no, it's only the meal that you're stopping to eat with. I would recall the Surah Mavsekes, the last meal you're eating before Tisha Mutar. But the meal that you are not stopping to eat, I, even if it's, let's say, late, let's say you're going to have two afternoons, one at three and one at five on Erev Tisha B'Av, then the one at three, you're not Maxik Bo, you can eat two cooked dishes. But Tabayla Kula, and we follow both opinions to go lenient. How does that work? But Shrikha, we need Diyash, meaning Basura Maxik Bo, Have Amina, Filimishai Shol Salamata. If we said it's the last meal you eat before Tisha B'Av, I might have thought, even if it's before mid, the sixth hour, I, at 10 a.m., let's say the last meal you can eat before Tisha B'Av is 10 a.m. on Erev Tisha B'Av. You might have thought that you only allow one cooked dish, Kamash Malan, Mishai Shos Ulamala. That's why we follow the halacha that is from six hours onwards. I, if any meal you eat before six hours, you can eat as much as you want. Vi Ashme in Mishai Shos Ulamala, and if it would have said from six hours onwards, Havamila, Filubasurish, and Amatzik, but I would have thought it's any meal you're having in the afternoon, even if it's not the last meal you're having. Therefore, we say it's the last Surah that you eat. So, this restriction of what you eat on Erev Tishabav only applies after midday and to your last meal. You need both those criteria. Tanya Kilishna, Kama Tanya Kilishna Basra. We have a Brysa in line with the first opinion, and we have a Brysa in line with the second opinion. A second version. It says, If someone is eating on Erev Tisha if he is still going to have another meal, he's also allowed to eat meat and drink wine. So now we're learning another restriction of eating meat and drinking wine on Erev Tisha B'Av. This actually only applies to what we would call the Surah Mavsekes. We Again, we Ashkenazim extended the stringency to from... Again, when do we not eat meat or drink wine? From Rosh Chodesh Av, the whole nine days. But the Medina de Gomorrah, it's just on Erev Tisha B'Av, actually just the Surah Mavsekes. says, Ve'im lav, if he's not going to eat another meal, lechol then he's not allowed to eat meat or drink wine. I, in your meal, just before Tisha B'Av, you're not allowed to eat meat or drink wine. Tanya Kilishna Kama, and there's a brisa like the, Lishna Kama, Erev Tisha B'Av, Lo Yechol Oram, Shnei on Erev Tisha B'Av, a person is not allowed to eat two cooked foods, he's not allowed to eat meat, and he's not allowed to drink wine. Rabbi Shimon Gamil Omer, Yeshane, Rabbi Shimon Gamil says, he must do something different. I must change his meal. So Omer of Yehuda, Kaitzad, Meshane, what does it mean, do something different in your meal? If he's someone normally, if it's someone who normally eats two cooked dishes at his meal, he should just eat one. If he's the sort of person who normally eats with a gathering of 10 people, eat with just a gathering of 5 people. I diminish your meal. That's what it means, Yeshaneh. 
If you someone who normally has 10 glasses of wine, have just 5 glasses of wine. When do all these restrictions apply again? That you can't eat meat, you can't drink wine, or you can't have more than 2 dishes, well, you can't have two two cooked dishes, or review, or like review and come, you'll let you just diminish your meal. When is this? From six hours onwards, but if it's any time before six hours in the morning, it would be completely mutar. So again, we see two prices. One price specifies the point to do with sudamats, the meal just before, the last meal you eat before you fast. And the other price specifies these restrictions as the meal in the afternoon, and we paskin according to both of those lakula that it has to be the in the afternoon and the last meal you're eating before Tishabhav when these restrictions apply. Tanya Idich, another brace along these lines, Erev Tishabhav, lo yechol adam shnei tabshilin, lo yechol basa velo yishte yayin. A person, divrei Rebbe Meir, according to Rebbe Meir, a person is not allowed to eat two cooked foods, and he's also not allowed to eat meat and drink wine, according to Rabbi Meir. He must change how he eats and decrease the amount of meat and wine he eats. How does he decrease it? If he was someone who normally ate a litre of meat, he should eat half a litre. And if you normally drink a full lug of wine, then drink just half a lug of wine. If he doesn't eat it, normally have that as his meal, okay, then it's asur. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, If you normally eat radishes or salted foods, like bultong or something like that, after his meal, Harishus Biyado, he is allowed to. Okay, we'll come back and discuss all these points. Let's just, there are a few braces on this topic. We nearly finished. So, Tanya Erich, another brace on this topic. Any meal which you're having because of Tisha B'Av, I, what we would call the Surah Samach Sekes, the last meal you eat before you start fasting on Tisha B'Av. You're not allowed to eat meat or drink wine or wash yourself. You're not allowed to... And any time it is not because of Tishabav, Mutalecho Basur, Velishtos Yain, Vasalirchoitz, you are allowed to eat meat and drink wine and wash yourself. Verebi Yishmuel, Verebi Yosi, Oymi Mishum Aviv, Koshashem, Mutalecho, Mutalirchoitz. Rabbi Shmuel says, as long as you are allowed to eat, you're allowed to bathe. They take out the Basur. Because so that it's saying, um, your many take out Rashi and Mike's and take out that bosser, so you read it as as long as you're allowed to eat, you're allowed to have a bath. Okay, so let's just discuss this quickly. So the Tanakama says that it's forbidden to bath yourself, to wash from Sudahamafsekes onwards. Rabbi Shmuel says, as long as you're allowed to eat, you're allowed to wash. Um, now the, Ramb- the, the Ramban gives this for a why would you make this? difference that you can depending on whether you can have your sudam or wash that's when you would start be osir so he explains as follows according to tanakama the sudam is accepting yourself partial morning as we see a whole lot of restrictions kicking at the last meal you eat before tishabam you're not allowed to have meat you're not allowed to have wine or you have to diminish them that's the whole requirement so too um once 
you've started this morning process, you also don't wash. That's the connection between bathing and not having your meal. He says, now, why is the Tana Kama stricter that this morning starts to kick in and therefore he says, so too is forbidden to bath or wash yourself. Well, I guess on Tisha B'Av it's even also to wash your hands. Um, why is that? He says, because this the enjoyment that you get from being clean extends for a while and therefore it extends into Tisha B'Av. So the enjoyment extends and follows and that's why you should stop. Whereas Rabbi Shmuel says, we don't view it as extending into Tisha B'Av, and therefore it would be mutar up until Tisha B'Av. So that's just to do with this eating and washing. Um, now, just to go into a few um, a few a few halachas regarding this meal before. So, firstly, he said one of the things we mentioned was diminishing your, your, the number of people you have. If you normally eat with 10 people, eat with 5 people. Interesting enough, I'm sure you've heard, and this is actually our practice to try to do, is you shouldn't eat together 3 men so that you don't have a mazuman. The actual practice is even if you do eat together, you shouldn't make a mazuman at the Surah Mabsekes. But we, to avoid the discussion, we actually, Ashkenazim, don't eat, a, eat the meal with 3 men together. That's But interesting here, it, seems to impl- it doesn't seem to restrict eating with less than three. Um, it says if you normally eat with ten, eat with five. Just diminish your number. Um, so that's an interesting uh, thing. I remember in your shiva for the Surah, so obviously you'd have your regular meal, and then for the Surah Matsekis, we'll do the, the, the stringencies now, um, each person would break up and go sit by themselves in a different corner in the dining room or somewhere around there, but we wouldn't sit together and eat. Um, now just regarding the Shnei Tavshilin, so, Tosfos here say very interestingly, it does not apply to things that can be eaten raw. Um, if you look towards the end, Tosfos Divra Maskil Erev, he says towards the end, If you have cheese that's cooked in a pot, there's no problem with eating it, I counting it as a cooked dish. Anything which can be eaten raw, like milk or cheese, like milk, like cheese, like apples, you can eat apples raw or cooked. There's no halacha of, you don't count them cooked at all. So that triggers, so that's the one point according to Tosfos, that this, that it's what counts as a cooked dish, only something that you could not eat raw, but something that you could eat raw anyway, like cheese, Melted cheese would not be. The Rosh brings, in the name of the Ravid, which makes, in a way, makes, I think, a bit more sense. He says that, no, why do they limit cooked foods? Because the more cooked foods you have, the more Choshev, he uses the language, covered Vatanuk, the more honor and, and enjoyment there is at the meal. He says, what difference does it make whether it's, whether it's normally eaten raw or cooked? Cooked foods make it more a more distinguished meal, which is what you want to limit at your Surah And I was just thinking, Mom, what jumped to my mind is pizza. You can't compare a piece of um, some a bread with uh, cheese on compared to a bread with melted cheese on. So it doesn't matter whether you can eat the cheese raw. If the idea is to diminish your cooked dishes to have a meal with less covenant and uh, oneg, then it should apply also to dishes that are normally eaten raw 
and that is the that's the rosh. Very, very interesting. The Rosh says, okay, so you're only supposed to have one cooked dish. That's what we've seen in the Gomorrah very clearly. Not only that, um, um, not only that, Ashkenazim have the minna to eat boiled egg at their surah mafsekes. And therefore the Rosh says, that's the only cooked food you're allowed. Because if you're only allowed one cooked dish and you're having a boiled egg, as our minag is, well then that's your cooked dish and you wouldn't be allowed another one. And that is the halach. That's why we just have bread, often bagels, but just bread and egg at our surah mafsekes. Because that's our cooked dish. And as we've seen in the Gemara, you're not allowed more than two. Another interesting halacha here is that is that Tosos say, um, at the top of the Tosos, Dibra Maskel Erev, he says, Perus babe tashilin Two cooked foods cooked in separate pots. Uh, if you cook multiple foods together in one pot, that would only count as one cooked dish. So you want to like manipulate the system, you need to get in a bit more meals, so you want to put in a few things, you want to have some fish and vegetables, and it's your surah mapsekes, cook them all in one pot, according to Tosos. Others say no. If you're cooking onion and cheese or something in one pot, it still counts as two cooked foods and it would be also. That's another interesting machlokis that comes up here. Just something I found fascinating is where else do we find that, where do we find that something that can be eaten raw does not have a status of cooked? That's by the halachas of Bishul Akum. Again, we know you're not allowed to have food cooked by a non-Jew. And there's two requirements there. This is the Gemara in Avodah Zorah. Is one is, at that Two leniencies. One is, is it something, um, let's call it choshev, called oile al shulcham that would be served at a king's table. So it has to be something choshev, and it also has to be something that is not eaten raw. If it is something that is eaten raw, then even if it's cooked, it doesn't have, it's not osomishum bishul akum. So let's just assume something like apples are a very significant dish, and and a non-Jew cooks them, it would still not be offered to eat because anything that could be eaten raw is not considered cooked. That's Tosso seems to learn them that that same aloha, anything that could be eaten raw, doesn't you don't apply the rules of Bishul when you eat it cooked. What's I think quite fascinating to then start thinking about says, wait, where would how would this apply with the Isur of Shabbos. We know you're not allowed to cook on Shabbos. So you're telling me something that you could eat raw if you cook it on Shabbos, you're not chayv? I don't think we would extend it that far, but something to think about. Another example, the primary isur da'oraisa and where other stringencies kick off regarding meat and milk is where you cook the meat and milk together. Okay, no, you're telling me that's only with something that couldn't eat raw? Obviously not. Meat, okay, meat can't be eaten raw, but milk can be had, have raw. So you can't tell me that it's not bishul, it's not cooking because milk could be eaten raw. We never, I, I don't remember seeing that far at all. So it's interesting, when would you apply this principle of anything that could be eaten raw does not have a status of being cooked? Um, I know similarly, very interestingly, this question, do you toaster? We know that if you buy something from uh, Nanji, you have to toivel it, so do you toivel a toaster? Like anything else we buy. So Ramosha Feinstein has a very interesting view. He says, no, it's really, you only have to toivel something that he's not, he doesn't touch on whether it's electric or not. That's a whole different discussion. Do you have to toivel something that's electric? 
because it might damage it, etc. Different discussion. Rav Moshe avoids that whole issue by saying, toasted, you're only obligated to tovel something that touches the food that's used in the preparation of food. So that's why tin opener. You don't have to tovel it because you don't touch the food with it. it okay, granted, use it to open the tin, which is kind of in preparation of the food, but you wouldn't have to tovel it because you don't touch the food. A knife that you use specifically to cut raw meat or something, okay, used in the preparation of food, you'd have to tovel it. Um, a grid, probably you also, unless it's built in, you have to tovel it because it's used in preparation of the food and it touches the food. So something like that, that would be the the general rule. So what about a toaster? So Ramosha Fancy says it's not really doesn't really count as cooking bread. He says the bread is so is just a, is equally edible before it's been toasted and after being toasted. So therefore a toaster doesn't need cooking. Again, I would, I, would, I think that's an interesting one. Maybe it's playing, I don't remember his spora in the discussion there, but that could be playing with this. Anything that could be eaten raw does not have a status of being cooked. Okay, let's carry on. Toner up on and call mitzvahs and nogas, but oval nogas, but Any mitzvahs that apply to an oval, Apply on Tishabav. It says now obviously there's extension. It says also you're not allowed to eat and drink. Or availing or mourners not allowed to eat and drink. No, obviously they are. But we're saying over and above the laws unique to Tishabav, we apply all the laws of Avelus. So he says also anointing yourself, the commentaries adding over and washing yourself. Remember, we had a long discussion earlier on in the Masechta. Is it just hot water? Is it just cold water? Is it your whole body? Is it even limb by limb? But basically, we pasquet on Tisha B'Av, you're not allowed to wash yourself at all. Obviously, if your hands get dirty, you go to the bathroom, something like that, you would be allowed to wash them or wash where it's dirty, but you're not allowed to like wash your hands even for fun. So, you're not allowed to wear shoes of a Tashmish Amitri, you're not allowed to read Torah and Avim Uksuvim. Or learn Mishnah or Talmud of a Midrash of Allah of Akara and Midrashim and Halachas and Akarata. You're not allowed to learn on Tisha B'Av. It says, You can read parts of Tanakh that you're not familiar with. And you're allowed to learn in a part of halacha that you're not in Gemara or Midrashim, etc., that you're not familiar with. Interesting enough, what's the reason for that? Because it's difficult. It's not pleasant. You take a chapter, go take a chapter in Yeshaya that you're not familiar with and try to read or learn it. It's very, very uh, hard. So therefore he says that, that you're allowed to do on, Yom, on Tisha B'Av. Um, but, however, the Kaira Bekinos, Beiov, Vidvarim Arom, you can read Kinos, which includes Eicha, I guess, Eiov, the bad things, Shebehir Miyahu, Betinoika Shabbat Rabbim, but Einon Betailin. This version is, schools are not closed. Mishum Shenemar, why does this all apply? Pekuri Hashem Yisharim Mesam Chaylev. The laws of Hashem are upright and they bring joy to your heart. You're not allowed to learn on Tisha B'Av because it brings joy. Rabbi Yehuda, I mean, Rabbi Yehuda says, Af Eino Kaira. Rebuda says, no, you're not allowed to read even in parts of Tanakh that you're not familiar with, and you're not allowed to learn parts of Torah that you're not familiar with. You can read Eov, Kinos, um, sad parts of Yirmiyahu, and you do close schools. The laws of Hashem are upright, and they bring joy to your heart. Um, 
just before we discuss learning on Tisha B'Av, says, so firstly, what we said, all the laws of mourning apply to um, Tisha B'Av. The one is all the positive halachas that a mourner must do, we don't apply to Tisha B'Av. Um, art, fill in, mourners don't wear fillings. So we say, no, that's just before the funeral, since it doesn't apply the whole of Shiva, it doesn't apply on, on, on Tisha B'Av, and that's why we do wear our fill-in on Tisha B'Av, just in the afternoon. That's a, yeah. And then another question is, walk, working on Tisha B'Av, we know you're allowed to, depending on the minute, but strictly speaking, you're allowed to work on Tisha B'Av, but a mourner, is a mourner, mourners don't go to work. So no, actually, if a mourner's not going to have enough food, he can go to work. He should work in private, but he can go to work. So that's why you would be allowed to. The Ritva discusses, that's, that's a discussion in the Ritva. Then we said you're not allowed to learn on Tisha B'Av. That's because learning Torah brings joy to your heart. Um, the, uh, the question, the interesting question here is why are children not allowed to learn? So interesting enough, um, I guess, the, and it sounds like it's saying, Some say, no, the reason children aren't allowed to learn is because their teacher is not allowed to teach them. Because he's not allowed to learn the Torah. Others say, no, it's intrinsic. Children also get enjoyment from their learning. I guess you can go into the debate there. Is the point of teaching children that they know what they learn? Or should they also be enjoying it? But it, it seems to that's some, that you could uh, read into the discussion of whether the Isra again is specifically because children are allowed to learn because of the joy that they get. Or is it because the teacher is not allowed to teach them? Okay, let's, let's just get over the page. Tana you're allowed to eat salted meat, bultong, or you can drink wine from the press. I not not aged wine. It says fresh wine. It says How long until what stage is it considered bosor meliach? Uh, sorry, from what point? At uh, what point is it fresh meat, and what point would it be considered aged meat? As long as it's like a korban shlomim, like two days and a night. How long is it? As long as it's bubbling. We have another brisa which says that it's considered toises, uh, fermenting or bubbling, for there's no problem of gilu. If it's, we know if it's left uncovered, you can't drink it because the state might have drunk from it. That doesn't apply to this yain toises, and that's for three days from whence it's put in the barrel. So those are the times there. Um, interesting here, Tosa says, he says, however, now this is interesting because specifically yesterday at the Shiraz at Rabasulin raised the question, when we take halacha, how do we apply it? Do we apply the strict law or do we... Do we adapted to our scenario. So here we would seem to say that strictly speaking you can have biltong. Okay, it's not as enjoyable as fresh meat. So you can have biltong. That's what it sounds like it's saying. Tosos here say it's in the middle of Dibra Maskil Afal He says Afilo Hakiledidon Basar Afilo Nizman Maruba. We're not allowed according to us, we don't have meat even if it's been salted for a very long time, because that's how we, we often eat um, and that's, uh, um, so that Tosfos learn, I thought very fascinating, um, that he takes the principle of what's normal, what would you normally do, and applies that to, the, to contemporary aloha, so maybe for South Africans who love bultong, 
you would not be allowed to have biltong. Other countries where they're not used to biltong and the idea of the raw meat that's just been aged um, freaks them out, they, and it's or not such an enjoyable, not such a luxury, not something they're used to, then they would be allowed to have it. Okay, let's just read this last point. Omar Rabbi Yudam Arav, Chol had the following practice. Again, it doesn't seem that this is necessarily strict halacha, but this would be the pious practice. They'd bring in dry bread, with just salt. He would sit in the house by the oven and the stove, either the dirtiest place. The writer says, the most uh, dirtiest place. And he would eat there. He would just drink some water. And he would act like his deceased was before him. He'd be very sad as if he had just lost a close relative. Okay, I think we'll leave it here for today. We'll finish this Amud and the Masechta tomorrow.